Right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. We're going to have an awesome time in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Well, as you can see from the smell of fresh carpet, does anyone else smell that? All right, it's coming through pretty strong. Uh, we have got uh, the initial layer of acoustic padding on the stage here, so that's a big deal. And then uh, tomorrow they're going to lay the rest of that carpet. And it's really looking like by Sunday we should really be in good shape up here on the, st on the platform. So anyway, lots of stuff has been done this week. It has been a productive week. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Who believes that America is coming to Jesus? Yeah, that's right. We walk by faith every day. Amen. Let's go ahead. We're going to speak these words together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. 
we declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. All right, we got some announcements to go through. Uh, Pastor Josh is picking up mom and dad from the airport tonight, so they are officially back. Yeah, they had a quite a quite a bit of time over there in New York helping uh, Joe out, and so they are uh, going to be back. Uh, well, they are back, but uh, uh, they just landed about a half an hour ago. So anyway, you guys will get to see them on Sunday. All right, lots of announcements, so let's hit these. Quickly, uh, first of all, we are doing uh, one final little toy drive uh, for Greater Hope Foundation. And so we have a box right out there by the info booth for uh, toys so, so they can get as many toys to as many kids as possible. Uh, they're going to be picking that up after the Sunday service this week. So uh, if you are able... Uh, bring something in and we'd like to help them out i know we did a you guys did a, a great job uh with the operation christmas child boxes and so we appreciate your generosity there and uh they asked us to help out with this and we wanted to to do what we could amen all right tomorrow night is a big night it is servant leadership night at 6 30 and uh let's see we're going to be having kind of a christmas pitch-in party it's going to be really cool um so come on out to that and if you don't normally come to servant leadership hey come check it out it's a great chance for you to kind of get more involved in church and uh and kind of see what's going on around here and take it to the next level so be here we're doing a little pitch-in party of uh i think they said finger food so anyway uh come on out for that it'll be in victory hall so make sure that you're over there all right ladies the women's meeting and Christmas ladies celebration extravaganza get together party did I use enough thing okay so anyway that's going to be on Friday night at 6 30 so ladies come on out to that Mrs. Pastor is going to be teaching that and everyone's really excited so make sure that you are here for that on Friday night now Sunday is a big day because we are doing baptisms on Sunday and we are so excited so I'm going to pass this around. Uh, we have 14 people getting baptized uh, so far. So that's a really, really great, uh, um, really great thing right there. But listen, if you haven't been baptized, it is important that you do this. And uh, we understand that this is not what gets you to heaven. It's not your salvation moment. But it is something that Jesus said to do. And there's a lot of other reasons that I'll teach in a little class on Sunday morning to those that are getting baptized. So anyway, uh, go ahead and sign up for that if you have never been baptized. Very, very important. Um, let's see. Next week is another big week. Uh, Laura Cook is going to be with the young adults on Thursday night. All right. And, um, and we'll, I, I put seven o'clock and then they told me they wanted to be six thirty. So anyway, we'll get you a very accurate time soon. I would say if you showed up around six forty-five, there's a great chance that you'll be there, you know, within the realm of reason. So anyway, that's for ages 18 to 30. And, uh, Laura and her band will be here that night. And then next Friday night is a super huge night, the 16th. And we are having Laura Cook and her band do a full-out Christmas concert in here. And uh, we printed some invitations on the info booth so you can invite people. 
totally free concert and uh i'm telling you it is going to be a really really cool night and uh and so they wanted to kind of have maybe a little bit of a coffee house type of feel in here so we're going to be doing uh tables and stuff like that uh with uh we're gonna have coffee hot cocoa cookies and, and things like that so anyway it'll be an awesome night don't miss that night bring somebody with you it, it is going to be really really cool and then the big one is the church christmas service is going to be on the 18th who's going to be here on the 18th of course you are where else would you be come on all right so uh we have a lot of invitations on the info booth i encourage you to please invite somebody because that is a great day to bring in friends and family to hear the gospel of jesus christ uh the children are doing their performance that day and you know on on the outside looking in it's a cute little christmas performance but it's deeper than that because these little kids man they've got the word of god in their hearts and they are anointed and they're going to be cute they're going to be funny and all that stuff but they have a deeper thing they're doing they're going to present the gospel to people and so bring uh friends family anybody that day of course we got christmas dinner that's going to be awesome so let's go ahead and pass this around uh christmas dinner and then a gift for every single child that's here. And that's one of our favorite things to do is to bless all the kids with a Christmas gift. And uh, it's just a wonderful day. Also, this isn't on the screen, but I want to remind you, Christmas Eve will be the candlelight service at 6 p.m. That's one of our favorite days of the year. And then we are having Christmas. Uh, we are having church on Christmas Day. It falls on a Sunday this year. So we will have a service for approximately one hour. Um, at 10 a.m. on Christmas Day, and uh, I encourage you to come on out to that, and I understand a lot of people are traveling and things like that, but if you're here, come on out and let's celebrate Jesus' birthday that day, and really give him some praise. Amen? All right. Well, that is, uh, that's a lot. We got a lot going on, but uh, praise the Lord. It's really good stuff. I need Jesse Garcia to come on down tonight. He is the next contestant. Wait, no, whoa, wrong show, wrong show. Uh, Jesse's going to be doing our uh, Wednesday night tithes and offerings. It's Wednesday. I almost said Sunday. I promise I know what day it is. Um, but he's doing our tithes and offerings for us tonight. I also want to remind you that the bookstore is having a 20% off of everything for the month of December. So take advantage of that and uh, bless somebody with the word of God. Amen. All right. Oh, that's my mijo. Give it up for mijo. Yeah. Okay, yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Who knows what time it is? It's happy time. That's right. If you need an envelope, Brother Robert and Mr. Frank will help you out. All right. Amen. Uh, if you will turn with me to Luke 6, 38. You know, I'm going to be in the NLT. Woohoo! All right. Um, clap if you're there. I feel like some of you guys are clapping and you're not there. Yeah, don't be a fibber. Little fibbers. Some people are fibbers about their age. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Uh, Luke 6.38 in the NLT, it says, Give and you will receive. Does it say maybe receive? Probably receive? If you jump up and down ten times, you'll receive? No, it says give and you will receive. Your gift will, does it say probably? No, it says your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more. Think about it. If you're pressing something down and you're making room for more, and it says running over, 
man, that right there lets you know that the Lord himself will give you more than enough, especially this Christmas season. Uh, everybody wants to have more than enough for them, family and, and others. Uh, and it, it continues to say, and poured out into your lap the amount. This is a good one. This is the best part right here. Right, the end of the verse says, the amount you will give, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. How many of you guys are believing for something? I know I'm believing for something. You know, some people are believing for a home. Some people for are believing for a new car. Um, say, for instance, if they're taking up an offering and you say, Oh, Lord, I'm believing for a new car. I want to step out in faith, but I'm only going to give you five bucks. Knowing in your back of your head, you can give a whole lot more to stretch your faith. It says right there, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And is it okay if we look up another scripture? Is that all right? All right, all right. We're going to switch over to Matthew 6. And we're going to look at verse, we're going to look at verse 33. This one's going to be in the King James Version. Uh, sorry, uh, Blake. Um, King James Version, uh, Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. We all want God's promises, right? We, we all want the windows of heaven to be open in our lives, right? But it says, what do you have to do first? You have to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Other version says, live righteously. You know, so live righteously, uh, meaning walking in love, uh, putting the shopping cart back when you're shopping. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was a big thing for me. You know, um, stretching beyond your faith. You know, so if you guys are believing for something, make sure you want to seek he ye first the kingdom of God in order for all this to be added unto you. Alright, with that being said we could say our financial faith confession. Amen. Actually, hold on, I have a little story. Is that okay? I have a story. I have a story. Sorry, sorry. I have a story. Okay. I love when pastors say money is not it's it's not a tithing's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. The Lord doesn't want you to give money with the with the hurting heart or with the with the wrong heart you know when you're up there giving into the offering bucket and you're like oh sour about it like oh, i'm mad about it i don't know about you but god can see your heart a lot of other people can't see your heart but god sees your heart he can hear what you think he can hear what you're saying he knows that if you're giving up this offering or this tithe with a grateful heart you know um Back when I first started coming here, I really didn't know anything about the Lord. I had no idea about tithing. I had no idea about offering. Uh, I personally thought all my money that I gave went straight to Pastor. Went straight to him. And I was like, honey, did you know, do you not see the Oldsmobile that he drives? <laughs> it's a, he, needs our, he needs our money. You know, so whatever offering, whatever money, amount of money I got, I was joyful to give it to him. I was like, he needs it, honey. He needs it. There's a rope tying his bumper together. You know what I mean? Uh, that just goes to show that our pastors wasn't flashy. They're not flashy. They're not out here uh, uh, driving up in a limousine. And uh, I, <laughs> Does anybody see the sticker that he has on his Prius? <laughs> what does it say, Pastor Dave? <laughs> if you guys didn't hear him, it says he has a bumper sticker uh, on his window. It says, uh, nice Prius says no one <laughs> anyways anyways let's say our financial faith confession Woo-hoo. if everybody wants to stand up please sorry
All right, it says, as we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commission, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together on tonight. We praise you, God. It's all.
victory over every problem in life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our victory is found in Him. Look to Him and you'll have victory. Praise the Lord.
Amen. Let's raise our hands for just a minute tonight, man. Isn't that a, a powerful song that we know that he can take what the enemy meant for evil and somehow, some way, turn it for good. Praise the Lord. And we know that, that God causes all things to work together for the good of those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. That's Romans chapter 8. And so I, uh, I encourage you tonight that no matter what it is that is coming against you this evening or in this season, to keep your faith in the right place in Jesus. Amen. And to know that the battle is the Lord's if we will cast it onto him and leave it in his hands. And so Jesus, we love you and we praise you tonight. And we ask that you would have your way in this service. Speak to every single person here, Lord. And we thank you that yes, we are getting stronger every single day in our faith because we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We love you and we praise you this evening in Jesus name. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Amen. Yeah. All right, why don't you find somebody and give them a nice little handshake or a hug or a, a fist bump or something. Just let them know that you care about them and you're really glad that they are with you tonight. Amen. All right. We're going to get into the word here this evening. And uh, yeah, I've got a, a, some encouragement for you, hopefully. Actually, it's hopefully lights your fire a little bit. You know, my dad always says, hey, if it doesn't light your fire, your wood must be wet. So we're going to try to try to light the fire a little bit for you tonight, man. But isn't it awesome celebrating this time of year? We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Think about that. What if Jesus had never been born and you were responsible for paying for your sins and you were responsible for getting yourself into heaven? That'd be bad. Because I know there's no way that I'm getting into heaven without Jesus. I simply have not been good enough. And in fact, if you've even sinned one time, it's too late. You're not good enough. But praise God, because of Jesus and his sacrifice, because he came into this earth and was born simply for the purpose of growing up to die. If Jesus had not come, we would have no hope whatsoever we would be totally hopeless and so you know we celebrate with the gifts and the the christmas lights and the parties and the cookies and the sweaters and and all that fun stuff it's fun it's innocent it's fun but never lose sight of this is not just some cute silly fun little time of year this is epically important that we remember that jesus came for a purpose and it was to save you and it was to save me and we owe him everything who knows that tonight amen let's give jesus some praise tonight yeah come on give him some praise all right well tonight we're going to be talking about this uh, and 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 it's this i'm going to talk for a few minutes tonight about being lukewarm let's hear it for the lukewarm christians Good job, guys. You didn't go for it. That's great. <laughs> Usually I can rope someone in. But yeah, no, we're, we're going to talk tonight about being lukewarm. Clearly we're not talking about you in here. I mean, you're here on a Wednesday night. And, uh, and you're, wait, you're the same face as I saw Sunday night too. So this is the right crowd. You guys got this, but, but I want to encourage you and, and we're going to talk about being lukewarm and it's something that i guess has been on my heart because one thing i've noticed the last couple of years is there's been one international crisis and pandemic and and thing one thing after another and and what happens is we i've seen this my whole life at least dating back to 9-11 i remember when it seemed like Everyone was afraid it's armageddon it's all over with people came rushing into churches 
for like three weeks. And they're like, oh, wait, we're not going to die? Okay. And so they just went back to their old lives. You know, let's go back to the club. Forget that. <laughs> and, 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 and what happens is this, and I've seen it my whole life, and I'm seeing it again right now, is that there will be one scary worldwide thing happen. And so lukewarm Christians will all of a sudden, all of a sudden like, oh, golly, maybe I better take God serious for a little bit. And what happens is once it calms down a little bit and like, okay, wait a minute, Russia didn't blow the whole world up yet, so I've got a little more time to do this. Or, or you know, I, I didn't die of COVID or I, I didn't get killed in a riot or whatever, you know, pick your pick your crisis. You know, you think that you've survived that. And so we tend to cool down as the waters cool down a little bit and then mark my words something else big and bad will happen within the next few months that will scare you know the bejeebies out of everybody and you know half-baked lukewarm christians will all of a sudden decide to get serious about god again but we're right now in that strange stage where there's really no massive uh crisis at the moment i mean sure you could look through and say well the economy is going down but you know whatever but at the moment there's nothing that's terrifying people altogether just yet there will be within a few months i don't know what it'll be but it'll happen because we're in the end times and then you'll see people scared for their lives and run to jesus and then when it calms down they'll let go and come again and and so it's a very interesting time to be alive but i would like to just really uh encourage everybody to Stay connected to Jesus. Don't get lukewarm. Don't get cold. Uh, but as you'll see, cold is better than lukewarm. And that's, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to people. But Jesus said, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. Lukewarm's the worst thing you could possibly be. Look at Revelation chapter 3. Let's flip there tonight. Revelation 3. Amen. Who's excited? Yeah. All right. Revelation 3. And we're going to look at verses 15 through 16. And this is, uh, if you, if you read the book of Revelation, I understand some people, people tell me all the time they're afraid to read the book of Revelation. Well, don't be afraid. It's the Bible. It's good. Some of it can be quite confusing and you need a little bit of interpretation with it. But the first little bit here, uh, there are messages to seven different churches and Jesus has a message for them. But we're going to look right here at, um, at Revelation 3 verses 15 through 16. This is a church, uh, the church of Laodicea. And uh, in each of these churches, usually Jesus will tell them some good stuff they're doing, then tell them some, you know, things they need to change. But here's what he says to these guys in Revelation 3, starting at verse 15. He says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. Well, I'm thinking like, well, Jesus isn't like lukewarm. That's at least better than being cold, right? <laughs> that doesn't make it. At least they're halfway committed but he's like no no i I don't want that look at this uh verse 16 but since you are like lukewarm water neither hot nor cold i'll spit you out of my mouth and you know the king james says i will what to say i'll vomit you out of my mouth puke spew someone help me what is it spew okay yeah very good and so either way none of that sounds very good none of that sounds encouraging to think that you're basically it's like you make me sick to my stomach I can't stomach a lukewarm Christian. And I was praying about that one day. And I'm like, because I, honestly, I, I didn't know. Like, why, 
in my natural understanding, I would think that Jesus, isn't it better to at least be halfway there? I mean, you know, medium, wouldn't it at least be better to have somebody that's a little bit there? And I prayed about that. And the Lord told me some reasons why uh, that a lukewarm Christian makes Jesus want to throw up and why they are dangerous. They're a danger to themselves and to others. And this wasn't my sermon tonight, but I guess I'll share a few of these reasons that the Lord showed me. This was in 2020. One reason is they have a very false sense of security. They think like, oh, you know, and I know people like this all the time, uh, all the time, man. Like they, they think that they've got it all together. They may know some Bible verses, but guess what? Knowing Bible verses isn't enough. You're deceived because you have to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only or else you're living a life of deception. And so I come across lukewarm Christians all the time. I, I remember this was years ago. Um, I was in Food for Less, you know, the Food for Less story for you. And I, and, and uh, Joel was a little guy. And, uh, and, and we came across a dude that had used to come to church here a long time ago. And anyway, Joel didn't remember him. And a nice enough guy. I'm not putting him down. But anyway, we're talking. And, and Joel, at that age, you know, he just wanted to witness to everybody. And he's like, where do you go to church, mister? And I'm like, oh, gosh, why did you ask this guy that? Stop. I don't want to have this conversation, man. And anyway, he's like, oh, I don't need a church building, Sonny. I, uh, my church is right in here. I have this. That's all that I need. And Joel looks up at the guy basically like, Oh my gosh, you're stupid. <laughs> no, 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 your church isn't in here. And again, I, I can go through this debate all day long and I don't want to do that debate, but if you want to debate me on it later, I'd be glad to. But what I'm going to tell you is this is yes, listen, we are the church. We get that. All right. No one's arguing that point, but very explicitly, the New Testament tells us to go to church. Hebrews 10, 25, do not forsake the assembling of the saints. And he says, especially now that the day of the Lord's return is drawing near. There's no arguing around that. But this guy in particular, I know, uh, he thinks he's very, very smart about scripture. And uh, anyway, here's the thing. He's lukewarm because if you know a bunch of scripture, but don't do the scripture you're a deceived mess you have a false sense of security and when crisis hits you think you've got it all together but you are not prepared at all you're like the man that built his house on the sandy foundation the flood came and flattened your house and you're like golly what happened there well jesus told that story he said uh, this person that the built on the sand he came to jesus and heard his teaching but he didn't do Jesus teaching. You're familiar with this? And then the man that built on the rock, he came to Jesus, heard his teaching and did what Jesus said. He was a doer of the word. Another reason that a lukewarm Christian is dangerous is because they uh, are what the people of this world, they look at that person that have part time identifies as a Christian and the people of this world, the sinners, they, uh, they have this lukewarm person as an example of what Christianity is. Now, I could have worded that a whole lot better, but what I'm saying is people of this world will look to Mr. Luke Warm and say, oh, that's what being a Christian's all about. <laughs> he doesn't even practice what he preaches. He doesn't, if he believes that, why doesn't he do any of it? And so they turn the world off to Jesus because they're just half-baked. So they're part-timers, they're lukewarmers, and they are a danger to the gospel witness because people of this world think that that's what they're like. Another reason that lukewarm Christians are dangerous is because they're a part of the family and they're a part of the army of God. Uh, but when we need them, they don't have our back. 
I'm just being serious. And all this sounds so mean, but I'm just, I mean, I'm just being serious because I didn't get this. I'm, for years, for 35 years, I didn't understand this. But listen to me, lukewarmers are dangerous because when you are in the foxhole, when you are in the trenches and the devil's dropping nuclear bombs and you're like, brother, can you pray for me? Huh? Oh, wait a minute, dude. I've got a hangover right now. I, give me a minute. Or, or you know, dude, uh, uh, I, man, I haven't read my Bible in six months. Just help me out here. They can't have your back because they don't even have it together. Lukewarm Christians are dangerous to themselves, to the gospel witness, and to their brothers and sisters in arms, right? And so that's why Jesus is just like, oh, you make me sick to my stomach. I, ugh. And it just, it's like it grosses them out or something. And, and, and anyway, it sounds so harsh, but it is the word of God. All right. And so I'm going to give you three signs about being lukewarm, three signs of being lukewarm. And, um, again, I get it. Maybe I'm preaching to the wrong crowd tonight. You guys are pretty on fire for Jesus, but, uh, maybe we, you know, just, just take it, take it. All right. So the first thing we're going to look at signs of being lukewarm. Number one, you receive, but you don't give. You receive, but you don't give. And let me explain that. A good example is the Dead Sea in Israel. The Dead Sea, if you if you read about it, it's, it's a very interesting body of water. It has no life in it. It cannot sustain life. It has no fish. It has nothing in it. It's too toxic to drink. It's basically a body of useless water. And that's why they call it the Dead Sea. But here's the interesting thing about the Dead Sea. Feeding into the, the sea is the life-giving water of the Jordan River. The Jordan River is a beautiful water, and it flows into the Dead Sea. And this same Jordan River also feeds into the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is teeming with life. It's got fish and, and birds, and, and it's just a beautiful body of water. But here's the thing. The Dead Sea has an inflow, but no outflow. Right. And 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 the Sea of, of Galilee, it, it, it receives in, but it also gives out to other bodies of water. And so the Dead Sea is so useless and stagnant because it, it receives, but it never gives out. So it just sits there stale, stagnant and dead. And as a Christian, if you only receive all the time, but never give out. Right. That's not healthy. That is not good. Uh, you become stagnant lukewarm just useless I, you know and it's, again not being mean just like yeah you can't do anything with that there are no signs of life so i want to show you here acts 20 verse 35 acts chapter 20 and verse 35 amen we still friends thank you all right acts chapter 20 and verse 35 but we're just these are some things to look out for and it, and you know maybe you see yourself starting to cool off a little bit or or back off a little bit from the things of God or grow a little bit lukewarm. Well, the good news is it can be fixed. And we're just looking at some signs. You know, if you ever go to the doctor and, and you're like, hey, I think something's wrong. Well, give me some of the signs of what's going on. He wants to know some of the signs so he can diagnose it. So Acts 20 and verse 35. And we often quote the end part of this verse. Paul says, I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. 
it is better. You get that? And if you're a giver, you totally get this because it blesses you so much to give to other people, to give back to God, to give to just, I mean, to be a giver. It is a blessed feeling. And yes, uh, it's good to be a receiver too. You, you need to do both. But if you're only being a receiver and not a giver, that is an unhealthy spiritual life. Now, on the surface, that may not sound like that big of a deal, but it's actually a really big deal and very unhealthy to never give. Now, some people, they, you know, we use the word give and they only think about money or they, you know, the preacher's talking about money again. Well, no doubt the Bible has plenty to say about giving financially. In fact, this verse is specifically referring to that, but that's not totally what I'm referring to tonight. Uh, I'm talking about giving not just of your money, but of all of who you are. I'm talking about maybe giving of your time, serving God at church. Yeah. Uh, you know, giving of whenever the Lord puts it on your heart to go do something for somebody. Whenever God says, hey, give me some of your time. I want to spend some time with you today. Could you, you know, come to my word? Could you spend some time with me? You know, I'm talking about being, living the lifestyle of a giver, because I've noticed that generous giving people they're just they give in all sorts of areas not just their money they give of their time and and their resources and their talents and and all sorts of stuff and that is a healthy christian now a lukewarm christian uh they'll maybe come to church once or twice a month give their nod to god what's up i'm here okay i did it i clocked in you know i paid my god tax so, you know, and, and, and when you see God as being a boss or a taskmaster or, or, you know, just some guy you've got to punch the card for and, and fulfill your whatever's to him, that is not a healthy relationship. You can't have a marriage like that. You can't have serve God like that. If you're just doing things out of obligation instead of out of love for him, it's not healthy. Now, one of my favorite stories of all time. It's a beautiful, heart-wrenching story. It's the story of the little red hen. Have you heard the story of the little red hen before? It's an oldie but a goodie, but this little red hen, she decides that she wants to make some fresh homemade bread. And so she asks, you know, hey guys, it's going to take a while, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking to have some bread later on down the road here. Who wants to help me plant some wheat? Nobody, nobody helps. This, so she does it herself. And then, all right, it's time to harvest. Who wants to harvest the wheat? Who can help me out with that? crickets nobody 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 wants to help harvest the wheat so she does it herself then it's time to mill the you know the wheat into flour who can help me mill the wheat nobody wants to help mill the wheat and then finally okay well i'm gonna bake this bread here who wants to help me bake it nobody steps up to help bake the bread but then when she pulls it out of the oven who wants to help me eat the bread everybody and their neighbor shows up and, oh, we're here. We want to help you eat the bread. And what does that little red hen do? She does exactly what she should do. She said, hey, listen, you didn't help me plant the wheat. You didn't help me harvest the wheat. You didn't help me mill the flour. You didn't help me bake the bread. And you are certainly not going to help me eat the bread. That old hen ate 6,000 calories of carbs that day. 6,000. True story. Look it up. And so I'm telling you right now, yeah, yeah, she had the right attitude. Nobody wants to be there for all that part of it, but everybody wants to show up when it's time to eat the carbs and eat the bread. And I'm telling you right now, that ain't right. 
We should all be givers. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I'm going to pull my dad right now and say, don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good. Amen. That's all right. Okay. Number two, let's move on. Move on. Number two. All right. Signs that you could be potentially lukewarm. Number two, people around you don't know you're a Christian. If you are a committed Christian, your coworkers and friends know it. Or they should. If you're a committed Christian, people around you should know it. I was talking to one of my friends. This is a long time ago in Indiana. But anyway, this guy told me, he's like, man, I think something's, I think, I think I'm going wrong somewhere. And I'm like, okay, what? He's like, well, some of the, some of the guys invited me to the movies on Wednesday night. And I said, oh guys, I, uh, I gotta go to church Wednesday. I can't, I can't go to the movies. And he's like, all of my circle of friends were like, what? You go to church? You? And, and he was like, yeah, why is that so shocked? Well, he had not lived a Christian life in front of his friends. He lived one way in front of them and then came to church and did this and lived another way. And so I'll just say it right now. If people nearly hit the floor and faint when they find out you go to church, something's not right there. Because even if you've never told them you go to church, they should just know that something's different about you when you don't do what everybody else does. When you don't act like everybody else, it shouldn't surprise them. When when they find out, they should be like, oh, yeah, I figured, you know, that, make, that makes sense. But it shouldn't shock people. If people nearly hit the deck when they find out you go to church... You might be lukewarm or, or something else. I don't know. It may be totally something else. But anyway, that is not the signs of a healthy Christian. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Let's go. I'm learning on Wednesday nights. we got to speed it up. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. But man, if you are a born-again Christian, be proud. And, and I mean, that is, that is a good thing. Don't be ashamed of that. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. And again, I'm going to probably move a little bit fast here. So if you don't quite get there, just follow along. Matthew 5, verse 14. Jesus said, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. That wouldn't make any sense, right? If you just turned on your lamp or lit your candle only to put a basket over it. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. You want everybody to see that light, right? Verse 16, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. And so when we're the light of the world, and I, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. This is one of the very, it's an interesting uh, thing to study out. Jesus on, and John says, I am the light of the world. And in Matthew, he says, hey, you are the light of the world. And so I would say together, we're the light of the world, right? And so we all want Jesus to do his part. We want Jesus to show up. We want Jesus to look good. We want Jesus to do what he's supposed to do to be the light. But Jesus also wants you to do what you're supposed to do to be the light. And so as a Christian, don't be ashamed of that. Don't, you know, it's like, yeah, yes, I'm a Christian, but don't do what the politicians do. But faith is a private matter. And so we won't talk. Every time they say that, I'm like, I know why your faith's a private matter. Because you don't got none. Because if you got faith, you're proud of it. And it's not private. I mean, you're not rubbing everybody's face in it and being obnoxious. But certainly, you are not ashamed of it. The only people that are ashamed of their, 
I guess you would call it faith, or ashamed of their beliefs, are lukewarm, half-baked, part-time Christians. They're ashamed of it. Romans 1, 16. Romans 1, verse 16. Now, yeah, if Jesus has changed your life, you want, you want to tell people about it. You're not embarrassed about it. Are you kidding me? And I know, uh, listen, you tell everybody. In our modern society, if you find a good ice cream shop, what do you do? You tell everybody, like, oh, you got to try the new place. Oh, girl, oh, it is so good. Oh, you know, you find a good, you know, good place to get your nails did. You know, hey, come on, you got to find the, I mean, you know, us guys, we sit around like, man, I found this place that's got the best steak ever. Oh, you know, you tell everybody about your cheeseburger or your nails, but you won't tell anybody about Jesus Christ saved your soul from hell? I don't get that. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Romans 1, verse 16, in the New King James, and the, Paul, you know that Paul, he was not ashamed of Jesus. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so the Gentile, and what he's saying is Jesus will save Anybody, everybody, doesn't matter their race, their color, their gender, whatever. Jesus will save everybody. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed about that. That's great. I rejoice in that. And so if Jesus has saved you, somebody else ought to know about it other than you and maybe your little circle in your house. People should know that you are born again and you're proud of it. Amen. Number three, all right, we're talking about signs of being lukewarm. Here's the third one. You care more about people's opinion than God's. Epic sign, massive sign. Listen to me. If you care more about people's opinion than God's opinion, you might be a redneck. Or No, you might be. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. Uh, you might be lukewarm, okay? And so, you know, I think about... Uh, 2020, I was just re- reflecting earlier today. You know, that was a big learning year for all of us, right? I mean, who learned a couple things that year? And I was talking to somebody at the end of that year, like, hasn't this year flown by? And I'm like, where have you been, dude? I felt like this was five years wrapped up into one. You know, this year didn't fly by. That was a great year for me, no doubt about it. One of the best years of my life. But it seemed like, or it didn't seem like one of those years like, oh, wow, that seemed like just a couple months long. No, that thing dragged on, man. That was crazy. But it was really hard on people in leadership positions. Very hard on people in leadership positions because everybody had an opinion on how you should be running your business, how you should be running your church, how you should be managing your people. Everybody has an opinion on how the boss should do things. And usually, you know, well... They, they can't lead anything at all, but they can tell you how to lead things, right? And so, you know, I, I you know, it's just funny. Again, just reflecting. I'm, I'm reflecting on the last few years. We're at the end of this one, but some people thought that we were strict because for a while we had people wear a mask and take temperatures, and but we were open. Others thought we weren't strict enough. 
Others thought we were crazy for being open when we were illegally being open. And and so some people in that same year, you know, some people thought you should have been more involved in politics. Some people thought shouldn't have been involved in politics at all. Some people thought you should be out there on the streets picketing. Some people thought you should not say anything else. It was just like everybody had an opinion on how leaders should lead. It was crazy. And so what happens when you fear God and you decide, you know what, I'm telling you right now, lukewarm, if you're lukewarm, You'll try to adapt and make everybody happy. And, okay, this guy says too strict. This guy says not strict enough. This guy says this. And and if you're lukewarm, you're just all over the place. But if you're committed to Jesus, you'll stop. You'll tune everybody else's opinion out and say, okay, I know what they want because clearly they've told me. Jesus, what do you want? And in your life, you're going to have to do that too. You're going to have to say, okay, I know what they all want me to do. But Jesus, what do you want me to do? And what he wants you to do will always line up with the Bible. There's not one time ever that he'll tell you to do something like, what I really want you to do is go rob Bank of America. That's my will. No, no, that doesn't go. No, he went, why, why would that be wrong? Because it doesn't line up with the word of God, right? And so anything he tells you to do will always line up with the written word of God. And so uh, it's just incredible that, his ways are higher than everybody else's. Lukewarm Christians don't get this, okay? I'm telling you right now, we could preach this to a million lukewarm Christians, and they would they would sit here and be like, I didn't get anything out of that service. Hey, can we go to Del Taco after church? You know, it's taco night. Listen, listen to me. But you get this, don't you? That I'm, I'm telling you right now, that as an on-fire Christian, you get it that God's ways are higher than everybody else's, even if they don't make sense to your mind. And when you'll do things his way, it always works. Always. It's incredible. And again, I understand what I'm saying. Nothing that I'm saying is out of, you know, we're better or, or you're better. All I'm saying is we've proved that God's way works by just simply ignoring everybody else and listening to him. It's insane. And, and, you know, I, I, I look back on it and, and this is to, you know, pat you guys on the back and, and give the Lord praise. All right. But by listening to him, dude, this church grew 53% since pre COVID. That's insane. 53%. That's nuts. And the finance, I need to look at that. I don't even know, but probably more than that. And, and, and again, I, I look at so many, again, I'm not judging being me. I'm just saying different. I was on a big zoom call with like 300 pastors and, uh, this was in 2020 and, and guys were like, it's insensitive and calloused and you're, you're dangerous and reckless if you're having church right now. And I'm like, dude, we are having the time of our lives, man. You speak for yourself, but God is moving. This place is on fire and it's going great. Yeah. And, and so, you know, so many, the average church in America lost a lot of their attendance and a lot of their fight. And it, it's sad. Churches are closing down like, like never before and not opening back up, permanently shutting. And I'm like, why? It shouldn't be that way. I hate that. And, and, uh, and so what I'm saying is in your life, listen to what he wants. Seek his will in all you do, and he will direct your paths. Lukewarm Christians do not get that. On fire Christians are like, oh yeah, I got that. That totally, I get that. 
All right, I got a few more verses if I can get to them real quick. How about Galatians 1 and verse 10? Galatians 1 and verse 10. And so you need to come to this determination. You can't make everyone happy. So make Jesus happy. You can't even make yourself happy. I'm just trying to make myself happy. Oh, good Lord. Shut up. Stop that. No. Listen, we all want to be happy, okay? But sometimes what would make us happy at the moment is very, very dangerous, right? (laughs) I mean, I want to leave this place tonight and eat like five pounds of cheesecake, but I'm not going to do it. That'd be bad. That would hurt me, right? And so, you know, I'm telling you, so don't seek to only just make yourself happy. Seek to make Jesus happy. It's safe, and it'll never lead you wrong. So um, Galatians 1.10, another thing from the Apostle Paul, he says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. If you want to be a good servant of Christ, pleasing people can't be your goal because the more you serve him, the more you make them mad. You get that? They they can't go together. And so the more that you obey the Bible, the more you will really make people mad. I promise you. Take my word. The more that you obey this, the more angry and names people will call you. And there's a whole list of just wonderful names that, you know, if you obey the Bible, you've probably been called these things. I've been called them, and that's fine. But listen, uh, pleasing people is not my goal in life. I can't make everybody happy. I've just found that out. And, and, and that, and my nature is to do that. My nature is to be a peacemaker. You guys know this. Uh, and to just, and just try to keep everybody happy. That's my nature. And I, I, and I've strived to do that. But listen, it comes to a place where you can either make people mad or make the Lord mad. And I gotta choose you because, uh, I, I, I just, I, I can't live with that. <laughs> I need to have Jesus happy and and pleased with me when i die i understand i may stand before you right now but when i die i don't stand before you i stand before god almighty and i have to answer for my life and that's terrifying sometimes in fact the bible says that pastors have to give an account for all these other people's souls and that's nearly terrifying sometimes i'm like lord i'm trying so hard but they won't listen what do i do like well you know it's terrifying that's a big burden. It's hard enough to answer for your own life, but then to answer for three or 400 other lives is terrifying. But listen to me right now. You better know you will stand before God someday and you will answer and you will give an account. And if you said, well, God, I, I know I shouldn't have, but she said she would get mad at me if I didn't do this or, or he called me names. And so I just backed off of the word and, and like, okay, so they were all happy with you, but we need to have a talk for a little bit right now. That is just, that is, I mean, good Lord, that is, that's terrifying. And I, I'm fully convinced that most people don't have that revelation, but it's the truth. I'm going to quote this verse for the sake of time, but Proverbs 29, 25, write it down. Proverbs 29, 25 says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Fearing people, and we know that fear, that that can mean, uh, in some regards, reverence or respect or valuing. Valuing everyone else's opinion and everybody else more than God, that is a dangerous, dangerous trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. 
And so clearly we're living in the end times. I don't, you know, I don't have time to do a sermon on that tonight also. But clearly, very clearly, we're living in the end times. One of the biggest things you need is safety. Absolutely. You need safety for you, for your children, for your family, for, I mean, you just, you, you need God's protection and safety around you. How do you get that? By staying up to date with the CDC? <laughs> By watching as much CNN and getting as informed as you possibly can? No. The way for safety and protection for your family and for your life is right there by trusting the Lord. Trusting the Lord means safety. Can we look? Oh, man, I've got two more verses, but I'm probably just going to pick one. Do both? All right. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 2.4. 1 Thessalonians 2.4. Uh, you got me. You, you got me on that one. 1 Thessalonians 2.4. We keep doing this on Wednesdays, guys. We keep we keep going into overtime every Wednesday. 1 Thessalonians 2.4. And again, Paul was absolutely not a people pleaser. He was a God pleaser. First Thessalonians chapter two and verse four, he says, for we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. That is heavy that the Lord trust you with the good news. Think about if somebody's like, hey, the most valuable thing I've got, I've got this antique vase. It's worth five billion dollars. Tr- I'm trusting it into your hands. You need to do the right thing with it. I'd be like, no, 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 no. You got the wrong guy. Don't trust me. No, I've got kids. <laughs> no, no, this thing's going to shatter. But the most awesome, wonderful thing that God could have handed over to you is not a bunch of money. It's the good news, the gospel. And he said, I'm putting this in your hands. Do something good with it. I trust you. Do something good with it. What do we do so often? You know, we hide it under a bushel, hide it under a basket, right? And or or whatever. But but you've been trusted with the gospel message that can save people from hell and also make it to where their life on earth is not hell on earth. They could have heaven on earth right here because Jesus prayed that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we could absolutely show people the way to not only avoid hell in the afterlife, but to also have heaven on earth. But let me finish that verse. I got sidetracked. Here's the rest of it. He says, our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. So other people may look at you and, and, and they may judge your heart they may examine your heart well that's not their job anyway but god alone examines the motives of our hearts and so when your purpose in life is to please god with all your heart you'll never be lukewarm again ever you'll never be lukewarm again if your if your heart is to live to please god you will never be lukewarm again i can promise you that but your heart's got to get there. One more, one more verse. I told you there's one more. First Peter one six through seven, and this was a late addition to the sermon. I don't think this is going to be on the screen. I may have put it on there. Did I put it on there? But you know what? Hold on. We've got Blake, the man himself, and the, he's probably going to get it on there some other way. Let's hear it for Blake. This man is a two-time fantasy football champion. All right. The man has got the hardware to prove it too. Okay, First Peter 1, 6 through 7. First Peter 1, 
6 through 7. I was just sitting in my office earlier, and I'm like, oh, man, Lord, we got to throw that in there too. So 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look here at verses 6 through 7. Peter says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. What? Hold on. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. There's wonderful joy ahead because I'm going to win the lottery this week or because I'm going to get what I want for Christmas because everybody's going to finally like me. No, that is not where wonderful joy comes from. He says, there's wonderful joy ahead, but heads up, you just know this now, you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. Woo! It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Ooh, come on. Now listen to me. Some of you may be dealing with trials right now. I get it. Hey, I've dealt with trials. (laughs) I have dealt with trials. But listen to me. I always know that God didn't send the trial. We know that. I'm not even going to have to preach that to you. But God doesn't send the trials. But I'll tell you this. As you dig in to God's word and run to his word and run to him and refuse to grow lukewarm in the midst of the trial, your faith will grow stronger and you will end up bringing glory and honor to Jesus on the day when he's revealed to the whole world. Listen, you believe in him now. That's good. Not everybody does. But I promise you this. There will be a day when everybody believes in Jesus. Sad thing is, for some people, it'll be too late. Nobody is an atheist after they take their last breath. Everyone believes. But here's the thing. You have to receive Jesus now in this life. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve as for me and my house we will serve the lord joshua 24:15 but it is so important that we realize and we get it right now that jesus christ will be revealed to the whole world at some point in time everybody will end up being a believer but only those that believe in their heart and confess with their mouth right now before they die will be the ones to go to heaven and if you've done that that's incredible but please examine your life and if you see yourself growing lukewarm or backing off or getting colder from the things of god catch yourself i'm not you think i'm joking i'm not joking right now catch yourself before you wreck yourself that's not a joke you are going to absolutely wreck yourself and it's an ugly thing and of course you know we're always there to pick up the pieces but we'd rather have you be an on fire committed christian for jesus amen and so don't be lukewarm let's be on fire even right now in the midst of the holidays and everything else even though there's no massive world war three happening right now it shouldn't take that to get us to take jesus serious when you're mature you take him serious around the clock you know i was i'm I'm gonna shut up i swear i'm gonna shut up i was thinking about this man i was thinking and, uh, you know, I, I got a lot of people I know across the United States, even across the world, honestly, people everywhere. And I'm seeing people and able-bodied, healthy people. And I'm not talking about our church. You know, our church has been very blessed. Okay. I get that. And I thank God. It's, and it's not 
because of me or my dad or anybody else. It's because of Jesus, and I thank God for that. And and so statistically, God's blessed us, and we're in the top 10% of churches nationwide at this point. And I'm like, how did that happen? That's all Jesus. So thank God for that. But what I am saying is this. Across the United States and across the world, I see Christians, and I'm like, it's Christmas time. It's Jesus' birthday. And these people are out on Sundays and Wednesdays and, you know, fishing, whatever, going to do all sorts of stuff. And I was thinking, I'm like, Jesus, honest to God. I know, again, I'm a preacher and all this, but if I was just a congregation member, I can't fathom it being Christmas time and not going to church. I'm, You know, I get it, you know, you're sick or something. An able-bodied, healthy person that loves the lord it's christmas time how are you why how could it be christmas and you you know even if you're a part-time or lukewarmer how could it be christmas and you're not even at church i don't get that that's just it breaks my heart to think about that and i'm not you know i'm just saying again i'm not talking about this church necessarily i'm i just i see people i know people all over the world and i got a very broad picture a view of things sometimes and and i'm like it's just that is just mind-boggling to me like Certain, I mean, you know, whatever the rest of the year you need to be in there, but at Christmas, not being in God's house, that is just, I, I can't, I'm like, mind blown, dude. You've really baffled me on that one. I don't see how a born again child of God at this time of year, some would call it Advent, some would call it, you know, whatever you, word you want to use, but certainly to not come to the Lord's house and celebrate Him on His birthday, wow, that's just something right there. Anyway, Praise God. My encouragement for you tonight is this. If you see yourself being lukewarm, it's never been a good time. But now it's really not a good time because we will see future crisis and things coming to the world. That's not because I'm a doom and gloom guy. I just read the book a while back and I found out that, hey, some stuff's coming down the pike and I want to be ready with Jesus. I want to abide under the shadow of the Most High. Amen. I want to be right up close to Jesus. So when the junk comes, when everything happens, I'm just right there protected by Jesus. Amen. All right. Let's stop right now. Everybody stand up. Let's go. Can I have Ilea and Greg come on up and uh, close us out in a song here? We love you guys. You are incredible. You are awesome. You're the best church family I've ever been a part of. Amen. You're, you're, if nothing else, you're the best church on Soap Mine Road. If nothing else, you are the absolute best church on Soap Mine Road. All right. Let's go ahead and we're going to kind of wind down with a worship song here. Uh, if you do need prayer, if you came in need of prayer, we would love to pray with you and uh, and hook our faith up with you and be in agreement. Um, but if not, let's just worship the Lord for a minute. Amen. And um, I know the kids are practicing their play tonight, so we want to make sure you get a chance to get over there to them. All right. Uh, let's see. Can I have my prayer team come on up? Give me Chuck. And uh, thank you. All right.
going to go ahead and wind things down here. Who had a good time tonight? Amen. All right. Well, uh, ladies, women's meeting Friday night. Tomorrow night is servant leadership. And so please come on out and join us for that. We want to uh, just get together and, and uh, encourage you, celebrate a little bit of Christmas together and have a good time for just a little bit. And then uh, Friday night women's meeting Sunday is baptisms. And so let's be here to celebrate those that are making their public commitment to Jesus. Amen. This is their chance to make a public declaration that Jesus is their Savior. So we want to celebrate real big. And the platform should be ready to go on Sunday. So I'm very happy about that. Amen. Four months of that and the bathrooms and everything else, we're coming in for a landing. So thank you, Jesus. All right. Let's pray. Do our faith confession and you are dismissed. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word tonight. And, Lord, we see there in Revelation 3 that you said, hey, I would rather you be cold than lukewarm. The Lord, you said that if we were lukewarm, you'd have to just spit us out of your mouth. Well, Jesus, we do not want to do that to you. We want to make you pleased. We want to live a life that is well-pleasing to you. And so, Father, I thank you that you're working on us. And, Lord, if you're speaking to any of our hearts tonight and telling us to change something or to do something or, or maybe you're warning us of danger, I pray that that we would listen and that we would receive your correction. And Lord, we love you. We want to only give you our best because that's what you gave to us. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? All right, let's speak these words of faith together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you tomorrow, Friday, and Sunday. Go.